This is Jamie from Stonemaier Games, and I am here today to, as usual, to share some Stonemaier Games news. I actually have a fair amount of Stonemaier Games news to share today to answer your questions and to discuss some random topics. Um, yeah, so today I'm going to talk about uh, the Wingspan fan art pack. I have it right next to me here. I'm going to talk about Apiary a little bit. I'm going to talk about new promo realms for, uh, for Rolling Realms. What else am I talking about today? Um... And some bitty stuff. I'm going to talk about some bitty stuff here, too. There are a few other topics I'm going to cover as well, but those are the main things I'll talk about today. And I'm, as usual, I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Garrett. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to make a quick note here about something. Okay. Um, I'm making a note because next week, in addition to all these new products, we also have a new disc off disc. Whenever we have a new game release, we have a new disc associated with that release. And... Uh, Apiary is no different. So we have a new disc, but I realize I don't actually have one of my own to show off right now. So I need to get one so I can show it off. Um, yeah, so let me start off with the bitty stuff because I wanted to share a little bit, little little personal thing here. Uh, as you may know, if you uh, follow along, um, and Tom, I see your, here, Tom, real quick. Tom says, Are, will you do a Tales from Production video for Apiary? I have done it. I filmed it. It'll go live this Sunday. Um, so as you know, I, my, my beloved cat of 16 and a half years, Biddy, I, I had to say goodbye to Biddy. We had to say goodbye to Biddy a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's been three weeks now. It seems uh, like a really long time. It's been really hard, but um, some things have made it uh, better and given us opportunities to remember how special Biddy was to us. And one of those ways is that people sent us some stuff, um, which I really appreciate. Uh, I don't really need any any more stuff, so this is not a, a, a request for more stuff. We, we, we really do have enough, but um, people send some really kind stuff. So I wanted to, to thank those people by sharing some of that stuff on camera today briefly. One, my mom sent uh, my mom sent custom M&Ms. So for today's chocolate of the day, we have Biddy M&Ms. I don't know if you can see that. There you go. It actually says Biddy on the M&M. It has little paw prints, uh, little messages about Biddy. Uh, you're the best, things like that. So... Uh, so I screwed up the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 not, not zoom. Um, yeah, the zoom, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll recalibrate in a second. There we go. So my mom sent that, uh, we went by the, the vet. So we got a letter from the vet, which was very sweet. Uh, and everyone at the vet signed the, the card and said some very nice things about Biddy. This is Biddy's long time vet. Um, they sent in the letter. They sent little paw prints of Biddy, inked paw prints, and uh, so I have some photos of Biddy's at my desk here too. Here's a Biddy look like. Um, but they also have a little a plaster cast of his his little paw here. So they gave that to me, and that was that was really sweet. Um, also, Mark from the UK sent this really neat picture frame that that can stand up. It doesn't need to hang on the wall. It can stand up, and it swivels. And Mark. Put some photos of Biddy inside here, some photos that I posted on his memorial post for Biddy, and a little message that says, no longer by our side, but forever in our hearts, which is so true. Um, so Mark, thank you for this. I really do appreciate that. Um, a few people made donations to their local, like maybe where they got their their cat or, or a local humane society. And I did adopt Biddy as a kitten from a humane society. And so one of those was in, uh, in Kansas City, um, Megan's dad actually made a donation to, uh, to that one. 
Um, this was really sweet. Uh, my friend Nina gave me this uh, to hang in the window or maybe near our plants. Just a little little angel version of Biddy. But he, in, in Biddy's last summer, he spent a lot of time outside. Um, so I, I really do... Yeah, I, I missed those, uh, that outside time. Um, Ryan sent this. I, it's still in shrink. I need to take the shrink rack off here. But this is a, a really cute um, canvas, canvas image here. And uh, last but not least, this is pretty incredible. Uh, Nathan and his wife put together a really incredible portrait of Biddy. I don't know if you can see. Here's, a, here's an okay angle where you can kind of see uh, without the, the, uh, the glare. So this is over 100 individual paper cuttings um, of Biddy's many layers of fur. You can see his little white paws. His big eyes. Um, sorry, I figured I was going to get emotional, but... Anyway, we are going to uh, we're going to put all these things, the things that can hang up on the wall. I think I'm going to put them right here. And uh, yeah, uh, so let's talk about some happier stuff today, which is one. Apiary, of course, is now fully revealed. I've actually had the pleasure of teaching and playing Apiary three times over the last week and a half. And I'm finding it that it's a delight to teach. It's really easy to take, uh, to, to over explain just a few things and then jump right into the rules. Yesterday, I filmed my how to teach video for Apiary. Uh, and that, uh, uh, that went really well. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to focus on the games now and not Biddy, because I will go back to being emotional. But uh, yeah, API, I've loved teaching the game. I have the video about that. I have the Tales from Production video. And I also have a recent video uh, with designer Connie uh, talking about game recommendations if you like API. I think that was the video from this past weekend. Was that the last Sunday sit-down video? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, top 10 game recommendations if you love Apiary. And conversely, if you enjoy the games on that list, I think you're highly likely to enjoy Apiary as well. Um, so yeah, let me see if I have some questions about Apiary. And then I will talk about the other exciting thing, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack. Let's see. Uh, Eric says, besides Apiary, what else can we expect to be in stock in some of our stores on October 4th? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about today. Um, the other big thing, so I just started really showing this off this week, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack. So this will be on our web store on October 4th as well. This is the pack where we asked Wingspan fans if they wanted to create art for a bird that's already in the game. So it's, these aren't new mechanisms. These are birds that are already found in Wingspan or one of the three expansions that we've already released. And uh, people submitted such an amazing wide variety of art. There are 255 birds in here. So that's essentially the core uh, enough cards to cover like the core game of wingspan in an entire expansion it's a lot of bird cards i'll just show some quick art on the screen here let me show some that weren't in the image that i shared on instagram the other day or on the facebook group 
but I'm so excited and charmed by these cards. So these are cards, uh, illustrations created by Wingspan fans. Everyone who's in here is getting a free copy of this Wingspan fan art pack. You can see uh, a variety of styles and really, honestly, talent levels. Many are really beautiful. Some are, I think, objectively, I don't want to say this in a mean way, objectively like less professional, but they're even more charming because of that, in my opinion. Um, just a variety of mediums and styles. And we have a little note from the artist explaining maybe their inspiration, maybe what uh, style or um or, or illustrative uh, uh, medium uh, that they use to make the illustration. Just a huge variety of these cards in the Wingspan fan art pack. Um, so that will be available on October 4th as well. That's the Wingspan fan art pack. And yes, someone asked, will this bird be in the pack? And yes, someone did illustrate this adorable little bird. That will indeed be in the pack. Then just yesterday, I announced that some of the things that I thought we were going to have in stock on October 4th actually aren't going to be in stock then. They are on a separate shipment that I wasn't fully aware of. And so the Rolling Realms packs that I'd previously announced, I had announced uh, Scoventeer, Boon Lake, and even the Apiary Realm itself, these are on a shipment that won't arrive in time for October 4th. They'll arrive in November. So instead, just so we have some Rolling Realms packs that you can consolidate with your shipments of Apiary and the Wingspan fan art pack, we decided yesterday to, um, to release three other packs instead. So the three packs that we are releasing on October 4th are the Sleeping Gods inspired pack, the Honorim inspired pack, and the Gugong inspired pack. This one was actually designed by fan designer Matt Scora. The others were designed by Corel Tateka. And uh, thank you so much, again, as always, to the publishers of these games for uh, giving us permission and their blessing to create realms inspired by them. I really appreciate that, and hopefully it's good press for their games as well. Um, let's see, Garrett said, the someone who always plays as red, as Garrett knows that I do too, I'm very excited for the new player pieces in Ark Nova Marine Worlds. Oh, cool. I didn't know they had those. Kevin says, is there a good enough mix that we could play with just the pack or cover all power types? Yeah, so we kind of lucked out a little bit. So I, I I didn't tell people they had to pick specific birds. People picked the birds that they wanted um, to submit here for the Wingspan fan art pack. And we ended up with a really good distribution that very closely matches the various percentages on bonus cards. So you can play... Uh, a game of wingspan with just the birds in this pack if you want you can also mix them in with the birds that you already have this will create some duplicates but that's okay um you can also if you want like if you have if you really like one of these illustrations and you always want to play with that bird and you don't want to mess up the balance of the game you could replace the bird in your game with one of the birds from this pack um, i think the way that i'll probably mostly play it is i'll play just with the birds in this pack so i'll play wingspan either with these birds or the birds illustrated by natalia and anna I'll choose one way or the other, but any of those methods are totally fine for you to play with. Eric says, is there a gallery of the Wingspan fan art pack somewhere? I have showcased some of the birds in the pack in on, on Instagram and our website and in the, in the Wingspan Facebook group. But Eric, I think what I want to do is I want people to discover these birds on their own when they open the pack because it's such an amazing variety of art in here. And it's just a delight to go through the cards in the pack itself in your hands and look through them. So I think... Uh, I might share a few more images, but I think for the most part, uh, I want people to discover it in the pack itself. 
Ivan says, are there any reviews for Apiary coming soon? And I'll add playthroughs to this too. Yes, Ivan, those will be available on October 2nd. So I know that's pretty close to the release, uh, to the launch for Apiary. Um, uh, Apiary launches on October 4th. It ships later in October. In fact, I, I should clarify that. All these products that I'm talking about, they launch on October 4th and they ship throughout October and maybe a little bit into November as well. So uh, you are not waiting a long time for the shipping. They're, they're gonna be shipping pretty much right away. Um, but uh, yeah, the reviews are coming out on October 2nd, a few days before that. We wanted to give reviewers a full month to, uh, to play Apiary and hopefully enjoy it uh, before sharing their opinions. So uh, I know that's pretty close to the release date, but hopefully two days before the, the launch will be plenty of time for people to, uh, to look at those reviews and playthroughs. Christopher says, any way we can see how these realms work before next week? Christopher, I think that's a fair request. I might do something, I might do a post on the on the Rolling Realms Facebook group to show a little bit more about how these realms work, the new realms. Um, they'll also be in the new living rulebook. So you can actually go to our website uh, on October 4th or or around that time and, and look up the these these realms in the living rulebook so you can see what they're all about. But yeah, I'll try to do something about them, maybe a short little video in the Rolling Realms Facebook group in the, this week sometime. Josh says he has some exciting news from Meeple House soon. So uh, Garrett says, do you have any interest in Ticket to Ride Legacy? I wasn't really looking forward to it, forward to it until when reviews dropped and I pre-ordered it right away. Um, yes, yeah, so I watched a glowing review from Dice Tower about Ticket to Ride Legacy. This is one where I know for sure that I would love playing this game, but I have a lot of campaign games on the way. Megan and I still haven't finished the, the Lost Ruins of Arnak campaign expansion, and I know we have the role-player adventures uh, expansion coming out. We also have the Sleeping God sequel coming out, and I think those are all arriving in the next few months, and there might even be one that I'm missing. And so I'm a little, I'm still um, feeling like I, I am really cautious to buy another campaign game when I know that we have these others to play and get through. And even Betrayal Legacy. We haven't finished Betrayal Legacy with our friends either. So I want to play it. I'm really curious about it. I was really excited to see those glowing reviews, but I feel like I need to get through some of these other campaign games first that I know are on the way. Uh, Ian says he's excited about Skullventeer. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it too. I'm going to play it for the first time tomorrow with a friend. I'm excited to play Skullventeer. Um, David's here to wish everyone good health. Thank you, David, for, for that well wish. That's always a good wish for everybody to, to have. Good health, mental and physical. Josh is really excited about Apiary. And again, yeah, I taught, I, I had the pleasure of teaching and playing Apiary three times over the last few weeks. And I mean, I, I have loved the game from the start, but it continues to grow on me as I try different factions, as I try different tiles. Uh, just choosing a few different tiles, especially the recruit tiles, can lead to very different strategies in any given game. Um, and every game feels good because it's full of positive player interaction. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm so excited for you to play Apiary. And uh, so excited for people to play Wingspan with the fan art pack because the art in this pack is just incredibly charming. Those are the, the big products that we're releasing on October 4th. I'm not releasing that we're launching on October 4th along with these promos and a disc off disc for apiary uh what else was I talking about today I was going to talk about so some other games that I played other than apiary are nar k-n-a-r-r knar nar uh lacuna I had it on my desk I don't have it here super mega lucky box played fiction played forced shuffle um 
yeah, those are some games that I've really enjoyed recently. I also had some great, I had some great podcast chats recently with the podcast Orthogonally Adjacent, which I'd highly recommend that. I'd also highly recommend the Chits and Cardboard YouTube channel. I had a chat with them yesterday. I think that chat will go live today, so I'll probably share that. You'll see me share that on my Instagram story, and that'll be on our website as well. Jeff says, are you excited about Survivor in Amazing Race new season starting tonight? You know, I never really got into Amazing Race. I've watched a few seasons, but I love Survivor. So yeah, I'm super excited for the new season of Survivor. And I'm also excited for the season finale of, um, of Ashoka, uh, Ahsoka. That is today. Some of you may have already watched it, but we're going to watch that tonight, I think. We're also enjoying the show Gravity Falls. That's kind of been our lunchtime show recently. And we're watching the show Warrior on HBO Max, and we're really enjoying that as well. Julie says, what was it like for your graphic folks? Uh, Corel did the, actually the, the layout for the Wingspan fan art cards to put the fan art cards together. I imagine there were some considerations with so many submissions in different styles. Yeah, maybe I'll have to have Corel talk about this sometime because Corel did an amazing job with it about tr trying to capture the feel um, of these illustrations or put it really as much of these illustrations as possible on the cards. There's some illustrations that have, uh, in fact, I'll show them to you. So here's one. Um, some illustrations that have a background that we found important to the card. So this is new to Wingspan, having a background on the card that is not just a plain background. Uh, there are illustrations like this one, like this is a, a cross stitch. Is that what it is? Embroidery, embroidery of, of a bird here. Like how do you incorporate that into a card to still feature the bird, but also feature the art? So yeah, it was a, I think it was a fun puzzle for Corel to figure out. Um, but I know it was also a challenge, and I think he did a wonderful job with it. I really appreciate the time that Carell spent on laying out and incorporating all this art into, into the various cards. Trevor says, would it be worth... Oh, and actually, I do want to point out one thing that people have asked about. People have said, are, is there any AI art in the Wingspan fan art pack? Um, the answer is definitely not. Um, actually, no, I don't want to say definitely not, because it is possible an artist slip one by us. But the rule was on the application that artists needed to create this art on their own, on their own, not with the aid of any AI. At some of our games, we don't use AI for any creative practice at all. We don't use it for, for text. We don't use it for editing. We don't use it for art. We don't use AI at all. I've never even opened ChatGPT. I don't really know how it works. Um, I have an article about AI-generated art a while ago for prototype art. I mean, maybe that's something that uh, we might do someday for a prototype, but never for the finished product, never for those creative practices. Really, the only way that we use AI at Stonemaier Games, and even this is secondary, is when you are playing a digital version of one of our games, um, like the digital version of Wingspan, for example, you can play against the AI. You can play against the computer instead of against a human. So that's the only way that we do and that we plan to use AI in the future, not for any creative practice like art, text, anything like that, especially not game design. Trevor said, would it, would, would it be worth publishers making shorter campaign games? I would love more shorter campaign games. Absolutely. He says, I know Elder Scrolls from Chip Theory is aiming at having only a handful of plays per campaign. A friend just finished Gloomhaven, and it was a four-year endeavor. Yeah, I think Gloomhaven, uh, for all its success and all the joy that it's brought people, I think it may have skewed people into, maybe designers too, into making them think that more is better. Um in terms of the number of games in a campaign. I would love more short campaigns. I'd love more campaigns that are four games or six games or at most eight games. Um, 
Like even Lost Ruins of Arnak, we had great momentum getting through the first four games. And then because they're longer games, we still have a few more to get through. So I think it depends a little bit on the length of any given game. In Lost Ruins of Arnak, it's a, it's a two, two and a half hour game. So I would love for that to be like a four game campaign. Six is okay. We're still enjoying six. Six is good. I'm, I'm sure that we'll finish it. Uh, for games like My City, where the games take like 20 minutes, it 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 was fine that it was, I think, a 24-game campaign because we were, we were able to get through three in a session in about an hour. Even that's a little, is a lot, though. Yeah, I would love more shorter campaigns, campaigns that, that are, uh, especially for longer games, that are four or five games, for shorter games that go maybe eight to 12 games if they're, if they're pretty short, if they're like half an hour, 45 minutes. I would love that. Yeah. Philip says, would you ever consider doing a legacy game again? I don't think so, Philip. I mean, I'm glad I had that experience with Charterstone. It was a beast design. Um, persistence L and persistence and uh, permanent changes in games are uh, very difficult to design, very difficult to playtest. So I think I'll probably just be happy with Charterstone existing and I'll enjoy the legacy games created by others uh, in the future. Josh brought up his friendly little game store here. Um, and I did want to mention them because people have asked, can they get Apiary? Can they get Apiary? Can they get the Wingspan fan art pack? Can they get these from their local retailers? And the answer is yes. Yeah, you can. Not yet, but you will be uh, able to do that in late November. So uh, we're selling these on our web store starting on October 4th. They'll be available from retailers later in November. However, this Friday is the retail release date for Expeditions. So for those of you who have been waiting very patiently to get Expeditions from your local game store, Thank you for your patience. We wanted to make sure that we could meet all of the, the demand from local game stores so that we could get the, all the games to them all at once um, rather than allocate them, which we could have done if we had released it about a month ago. But we didn't want to allocate them. We wanted them to get what they ordered. And uh, so, yeah, Expeditions. You're, you can get it from your local game store this Friday. I'm really excited for that. In fact, I, I answered Will's question without seeing it. He said, will retailers have a chance to get that new fan art box that you're holding? And yes, they will. Um, they will indeed. Yeah, they can get it directly from us or they can get it from one of our regional distributors. Ian says he has an update about his board game club. Um, I was able to add a lot more games through some donors choose campaigns. I will have 42 different games for my upcoming board game club eventually. That's great, Ian. Um, that's wonderful. That's quite a quantity. It almost seems like more than you need at, at first, uh, but variety is good. Hopefully the kids will will have fun with, with that, that huge variety of games that you got there. Okay, Garrett clarified. The Ahsoka episode today is not the finale. Next week is the finale. That's good to know. I thought I thought this week was the finale, so that's really good to know. Thank you, Garrett, for clarifying that. I thought it was odd to have a seven-episode season. Now it makes more sense. It's an eight-episode season. Steven says, when hiring an artist, what is a reasonable pr a price per card? Or do you write the contract for the hours instead of the cards? Depends on, depends on a lot of different factors, Steven. I have an article about this, but uh, the... Depends on if you're having the artist make something in the foreground and the background or just the foreground using the same repeated background. Depends on the size of the card. Sometimes it depends on the amount of the art, uh, the amount of the quantity of cards that you're having them create. It can really depend on the artist. I know there are artists that, that charge as little as like $75 per card. There are artists that charge as much as even $1,000 per card. Um, we... 
have come to expect that we have to that we need to pay generally between 100 and 200 sometimes more for uh for each individual card uh we do try to stress to artists one thing that i think artists sometimes have a hard time uh wrapping their minds around or, 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 or coming to terms with is that we only need art for a little card, right? I don't have a card. Oh yeah, I'll use a wingspan card. So we only needed art to fit on this 57 by 87 millimeter card. Artists often make this art much bigger, but we don't need that. And so uh, we try to come to terms, try, try to find a middle ground for that. So if an artist is charging us for an illustration that's this big, but we only need it this big, then we, we really try to get them to focus on, on this size. And it can be a little bit bigger. We like for it to be a little bigger um, for for other purposes that we might use that art for. But uh, but that's something to keep in mind to stress that you don't need a giant canvas style painting from the artist. You need it to fit on a little card. But yeah, I would, I would come to expect it to be somewhere in the one hundred to two hundred dollar range. And just as it's okay for an artist, I guess what I should say, one thing that I look for for from artists is I want to charge them. Uh, I want them to charge what is fair to them. So if an artist comes to me and says, this is the fair price for me, um, that is that is their right to do so. And I respect that. And I want them to feel free to do that. I, I, I want the artist to give me the price that is fair to them. It's also my ability as the publisher to say, I can't afford that. That's not in the budget. I, I That's not something that we can afford for this game, especially since we have 200 cards in this game. We can't afford $500 per card. Um, so it's your right to do that as well. So I think it could be mutually beneficial even if both parties end up saying no. The artist can give you a price that's too high for you, um, but is also fair to them. Uh, and it's up to you, I think, as the creator, as the publisher, to, um, to find an artist who feels like they are getting value, a fair value for the art and time and talent they put into the art. That's a long answer for a short question, but yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. Chad says, it would be cool to see you make a top 10 fan art list. Uh, you know, I'll leave it to others to do that because I, I don't want to disrespect anyone who spent their time and effort on these 255 cards. I'll say it's a top 255 and it's a tie for all. It's a tie for first for all 255 of them. Eric says that the Biddy and Walter promo realm re-release and the Parks realm are expected to arrive in December now based on that estimate. Do you think people can get their order to arrive before Christmas? Yeah, so we have some, we're reprinting the Parks and Biddy and Walter Realms so that we can have the proper coding on the cards. For some reason, for a few printings of Rolling Realms promos, the coding wasn't correct. Um, and the only two realms, released realms that this impacted were Parks and Biddy and Walter. And so we, those are the realms that should arrive in November, honestly, but uh, but we, we do Rolling Realms releases every other month. So we'll release those in early December. Really, it'll be late November. And yeah, they'll arrive by Christmas for sure. Anyone who already bought those realms from us, you'll hear from me with a promo code so you can get the, the reprinted versions for free. Aramis is joining from San Francisco. That's actually the, the, the subject of the show, Warrior, that I'm watching on HBO Max right now, early San Francisco. He says he's also uh, excited for Survivor and he can't wait to pre-order Apiary. He loves the worker placement, bumping, and strength mechanism. The Champion Faction interview with Connie was great to see as well. Yeah, there's a great interview with Connie on the YouTube channel called The Champion Faction where she talks about inspirations for the mechanisms, things like that. And yeah, that is one of my favorite mechanisms in the game. The idea that you're in apiary, your workers level up in strength, uh, and the strength of the worker increases the benefit of the action they're taking, leading up to a really powerful turn where you place a strength four worker, right before they go into hibernation, place a strength four worker. And not only do you get the strongest version of that action, but you also get a special benefit 
for that action uh, for that strength four worker. Yeah, it's a, it's a really neat system. Sam says, I'd love to see more games take inspiration from Lands of Galzir and Oath that are not campaigns, but have imprints of previous games in future plays. Are other games that you're aware of that do this? Um, yeah, I love the way that Lands of Galzir used that system where they, it, there are persistent elements, but they're not campaign games. You can sit down in any session of Lands of Galzir and jump right in and, and have fun playing. And even though there is kind of history to the world that previous players have created. I love that system too. Uh, the other game that's doing it is Mythwind that I'm aware. Oh yeah, this is two more campaign. Okay, so I thought I had two campaign games. I knew there were more. Mythwind is coming uh, later in Q4. And also Earthborn Rangers. I'm really excited about that. That's coming as well. So that's four campaign games coming this fall. This is why I'm trying not to buy more campaign games right now. Because I want to be able to give each of these games the time to uh, to thrive on my tabletop over the next three, four months. Jeff says, you set a standard for a lot of people in the industry and seem to try to lead by example. I do. I don't always do it well, but I try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who in the industry inspires you? Is there a Jamie for Jamie? Oh, Jeff, there's so many inspirations for me. Uh, I mean, I, I looked up I look up to so many different publishers. Um, really, honestly, it's so many that I, I, I would feel bad naming anyone in particular because there are so many. You can see them in my blog post. I, I give... I mentioned various other designers and publishers in my blog post all the time. And on my, on my YouTube channel, I'm talking about other designers. I'm inspired by all of these other designers who design any other game and uh, and do something unique and innovative in those designs. So, yeah, I, I really I, I would discredit so many people by naming anyone specific here. Um, but I really do. I mean, I'm constantly inspired by other creators. I know that's a vague answer, but it really is an honest one. David says, let me get some water here, David, then I'll read your question. David says, sort of a similar concept. People look at the Barbie movies or Barbie movie and point out how it can be hard to find the correct takeaway from a successful product, i.e. for which pieces do you credit for success and maybe replicate? Yeah, uh, that, that, uh, I think that was a, a segue after, after Jeff's question there, David. And you're right. There are so many different inspirations that go into creating anything. Um, that it's hard to point to just one. Uh, Sion says, um, have you seen Kavango on Kickstarter? I don't think I have seen Kavango. She says it's an excellent mix between uh, Seven Wonders, Arc Nova, Pandemic, and Wingspan. Company seems very to be to be very ethically based like yourself too. I will search for this on Kickstarter. What is this all about? Mazaza Games, build a thriving nature reserve. Oh, okay, here. Oh, I love. Looks like tableau building, as far as I can tell. Looks pretty cool. Thank you so much for recommending this. Yeah, it's it's well overfunded on Kickstarter. It's doing great on Kickstarter right now. It's a it's a first creation, a de debut from Mazaza Games. And yeah, it looks like a huge variety of animals. I'm trying to see what the game is all about here. I'm not seeing the core mechanisms listed here, but there are 160 different cards. I'll have to dig deeper into this, but this looks like a game right up my alley. Let's see the cost. Uh, around $60. I think that's reasonable for a, a tableau building game with this many cards. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. I'll definitely dig deeper into that and check it out. That's Kavango on Kickstarter right now. Timotep says, will there be a watch it played video for Apiary? There will be. Yeah, I just heard from Rodney the other day with some rules questions. Rodney is always good about asking those 
uh, Rodney's working on it. There's also a great rules video coming from Meeple University. Both of those are coming on October 2nd. So all non-Stillmeyer content for, for those who have copies of Apiary, early copies of Apiary, will come on October 2nd and after. Not necessarily all on that day, but starting on that day. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Kevin. Um, let's see. Garrett says, I've been seeing a bunch of ads for Apiary on Facebook and Instagram, more so than previous Stillmeyer games. I know the game hasn't gone on sale yet, but have you seen more engagement as a result? Yeah, Garrett, we're trying something new where I um, I brought in a, a someone who has experience running Facebook and Instagram ads, something that I've tried a little bit in the past, but with very little success or conversion rates. And um, I brought in someone named Andrew who is working on that right now, and I think he's done a great job with it. Uh, we've seen great results so far. Yeah, so mostly the focus so far is getting people to sign up for the launch notification. Currently, we have around 8,000 people signed up for the Apiary launch notification. So I think those ads have certainly played a bit of a role in in, in doing that. Yeah. So I've been happy with the results so far. And hopefully the ads haven't been annoying. Hopefully they've been either getting you excited, intrigued, or, uh, or engaging you in some way. Good morning, George. Uh, Corey says that our local retailer had a consignment sale over 1,600 games, and he got a copy of Tapestry there. That's awesome. I, I'm always happy for people to to find their way to our games, even our older games, in any way that they can. That's why we, I continually send out review copies of our older games, because I want people to know that they still exist. They're still important to us, and we're still focused on on, on those games just as much as we are the new games. Jeff says he just saw that tickets for Geekway Mini are on sale soon. Are you planning on attending in January? And any plans for Stillmeyer Games to be in the play and win? Well, we'll certainly have copies of Apiary in the play and win for Geekway. As long as Geekway filled out our play and win form, hopefully they did that. Um, in the last few years, I haven't attended Geekway Mini. Nothing against it. I, I, I really like Geekway Mini. Um, I might. I, I, don't, I don't know yet. I haven't attended it recently, though. So uh, I will definitely, though, attend Geekway to the West in May or June, whenever it is this year, or in 2024. <laughs> Carol says, the campaign games overload is so real. However, I love them. I do enjoy the stories they tell. Yeah, I, uh, I just wish some of them weren't so long so I could play more of them, really. Eric says, do you find yourself buying fewer games overall because of the current campaign games or that you have or that you will have. No, so it's only, this is only impacting my buying behavior for campaign games. I still get excited about other new games. Um, I, I have uh, First in Flight and Scoventeer to get to the table in the very near future. But yeah, I'm still excited about a, a pretty wide variety of new games. Uh, I am finding that it's like, it's taking a little bit more now to hook me on, on any game, any new game, because I am so happy with the games that I already have. Uh, so even recently I've saw some games that looked really, really intriguing, but, and I'm not going to name any names here, but intriguing games that didn't quite put me over the edge games that I'm going to follow along, but didn't quite put me over the, the edge, even though in the past, maybe they would have, I would have, I would have hit the buy button right away. So I think that's a good reminder to me and maybe to other publishers that that initial first impression is great, uh, getting the word out about a new game, but having follow-up, having multiple reviews, many different reviews of that game come out, lots of new information about the game, a way for me to maybe follow along and learn more about the game. Uh, some of that repetition might be required now, more so than ever before, to really hook me into the game than, uh, than was necessary in the past. Just an ongoing thought there. 
Is anyone else feeling the same way about that, about either campaign games or any any games that are that are being released these days? Because the quality across the board is really high. I'm just, uh, because I already have so many games that I really like and enjoy, uh, I think I'm looking for more of a hook, more in a, more of an innovation. Um, the, the price point always plays into it. And, uh, and some of that repetition, some of that repetition of multiple good reviews, multiple good sources of information about the game before I'm, I'm fully hooked, rather than just that initial burst. Erica also asked, what is your current method of curating my board game collection? So coming up in a few weeks is the Stonemaier Games Design Day. And at Design Day, I often take a bunch of shelves, with permission from Megan, off my shelves that I've had, uh, did I say off the shelf? Games off my shelf that I've had on there, but I haven't played in a while and I don't think I'll play in the near future, even if I really enjoy them. Uh, I donate a lot of good games and I donate them to people who attend Design Day. So most people who walk into Design Day will probably walk out with a game from my collection. So I'm going to be doing that soon, doing the, the culling process. I do an annual cull based on games that I haven't played in a while and I, I donate them to Design Day attendees. Christopher says, are there any recent Kickstarter campaigns that enticed you into backing when otherwise you weren't going to back? Well, I'm intrigued by this Kavango. I'm definitely going to check that out. Let's see. I haven't... Uh, Millennia. Millennia is probably the most recent game and maybe the only one that's live right now, unless that campaign did finish. Uh, looks like that campaign... Oh, no, it's still going. Millennia. So this is from the creator of Clans of Caledonia. This is one that, uh, I, you know, I still... Even though I, I created a Civ game that I really love, I'm always curious about other Civ games. So I am curious about Millennia. And the price point. The price point... Honestly, I think he, he probably could have charged a little bit more for this, but at $31 for for this game, I was absolutely sold on it. So, uh, yeah, Millennia is the other one that I'm, I'm really hooked on right now, on Kickstarter at least. That's currently live. And uh, Christopher's question came from him saying the Vagrant Song expansion was one that really excited him and got him to back the project. Chad says, now that my time has essentially been cut in half, because Chad has a new baby boy, I need to be much more particular in the games that I back. This makes me do far more research and sleeping sleeping on a time before backing. I can definitely relate to that. Again, that goes back to that repetition element. Maybe I'll do a blog post on repetition. I think I mentioned that a little bit in the past, but um, I think that's a good reminder for creators that you need more than just that initial burst. And I think maybe that's also a good reminder to, to content creators, because I think content creators... They get excited about being the first, right? About being early, about showcasing the new game that everyone's talking about right at this moment. But a week later, two weeks later, a month later, that's still relevant. I think people are still, that's when people are coming back to it. They're like, oh, you know, I heard about this thing. I didn't act on it then. Interesting that people are still talking about it. I, I, I am curious about that. So I want content creators to embrace that. I'm saying this to myself as well. I don't want to just talk about the newest game that I just received. I want to talk about the game that came out a month that was yeah released a month ago or a year ago or years ago um those those are still relevant to me as a designer and, a, and as a content creator tom says apart from apiary wingspan fan expansion and rolling realms promos will there be any other stillmeyer releases in 2023 tom i want to answer this respectfully uh because i think sometimes people ask this question because they're trying to decide do i want to consolidate shipments right now or do i want do i want to wait for one more new thing to come out at the same time when I'm shining the spotlight on stuff like Apiary and the fan art box, I, I don't want to diffuse that spotlight by talking about the next thing. So, Tom, yeah, how can I answer this? So in December, I know that we will have some, some 
uh, Rolling Realms promos. We'll have the Apiary Rolling Realms promo, we'll have Skovintir, and we'll have Boon Lake. It is possible later this year, but I think increasingly unlikely that we will have the revised Civ pack for Tapestry. But I think that's fairly unlikely. I don't think that'll happen in 2023 at this point. So right now, I'm just excited to really shine the spotlight on all these products that will be available on our web store on October 4th. And with that idea of consolidating things into a single order, we have a number of products releasing that day. We have the disc, we have the promos, we have the fan art pack, and we have apiary. So I think if anyone's been waiting to order something from our web store, to consolidate it, I think October 4th is a good time to do so, including if you're getting several of these new new products at the same time. Kevin says, I'm curious if you have found if there are any countries that seem to have a lot of undiscovered design talent. I thought about this because World Wonders and Comic Hunters both are from Brazilian designers. It's an interesting question, Kevin. I'm sure there are. I don't often look at the country of the designer or the nationality um, when I'm looking for different designers, I'm just looking at the, the product itself, what they're submitting to us. Um, so I'm sure there are, uh, I, I would say even in, in the U S or Germany, where there are many different designers, I bet there are even more amazing talented designers that whose work hasn't been discovered, hasn't been showcased yet. Uh, so I think that's probably the case for any country, but, uh, but you're right. It, it, it uh, there are probably instances of, of that. For, for other countries, but it's not really how I look at designers uh, based on like the country that they're from. Julie says, being a parent of a young child and having a decent sized game collection means that I'm selective in what I buy or put on a wish list. Speaking of which, we do have a wish list for Stillmire Games now too. On our website, you can put stuff on your wish list instead of buying it right away if you want. Julie says, we often don't have time to play all the games that we currently own, so new ones seem to need to seem really compelling. Yeah, I, I, I do feel the same way sometimes. But sometimes at game night, uh, oftentimes a game night, people are bringing new games to every single game night that, that I host or that I attend. And, um, which is great, but sometimes I just want to look at the games that I already have that I love. I know I'm pointing off camera right here, but they're right off camera. These games that I already have that, that I love. Uh, and I just want to play those games sometimes, uh, or pull a game off the Stonemaier shelf. These games that I put so much time and effort into, I want to play those games as well. So, um, I love the new games. They're good for the YouTube channel, right? But I also love revisiting older games as well that I haven't played in a while. Carol says, I've definitely been pickier buying and backing games this year. I have to debate if I want to take time away from another game I love to play. And that's a big choice, right? You already know, you've already learned the game. You already know you love it. There's always a risk when there's another new game. Uh, are you going to love it as much? Um, I think, I, I think it will always be fun to try new things, but, uh, but I have found myself becoming a little bit more selective. Sam says, one game I'd love to pl plug with your permission, of course, is Diatomes. It's Sabrina uh, Kulibia's first design, and I think she's done a fantastic job introducing a unique theme into the hobby. Thank you, Sam, for mentioning this. I think I saw this on another YouTube channel the other day. Someone compared it to like a better Calico was their pitch for the game. Um, so thanks, Sam, for mentioning this game. Um, I wonder if that is on Kickstarter as well or, or crowdfunding. Let's see if I can search for diatoms. Yeah, it is on Kickstarter right now. It is not funded yet, so it needs a little help. But it looks great. I think, uh, oh, yeah, it's a, gr a great photo. I love this photo of diatoms. Um, I love photos where the game looks great on the table. It looks finished, and it also has uh, thematic elements around it on the table, too. Yeah. Thank you for uh, for mentioning that project. Yeah, I might have to. Maybe I'll do an article this week about 
projects that that are that are intriguing me. Not the, usually when I do posts like that, it isn't about the game itself. It's about the presentation. It's about um, yeah, it's about the pitch. What what other creators can learn from the way the creator is presenting the game on on crowdfunding. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for mentioning that. Nathan says, so Nathan, you got a, a shout out earlier. I don't want to revisit it because I'll start crying again, but you, uh, I really appreciate what you, what you sent to me, Nathan. And I mentioned it uh, much earlier in the live cast today related to Biddy. Christopher says, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. We are much pickier about what we acquire and much more liberal about what, what to cull now. I don't know if it's a reflection on time being limited or on the fact that we have been hobby gamers for a while. So we're better at knowing what is going to be a hit around here. That's true. As you become more discerning, you also have a better idea of what you know and what you like. Um, and I found that for myself too. Like I, uh, I, I'm often looking at the game, at games through that lens. Like I might be curious about a game, but I, it, but I also might know I have something like that in my collection already that I already really like. I also might see a game and be like, oh, I know I'm going to like this. I know from the mechanisms, from the art, I know I'm going to have fun with this. I know I'm going to get this to the table. But I know who, who I'm going to play this with already. And, and that'll make me pre-order it or, or buy it or back it. DG is pop, popping in during his lunch break. I have two chats this week. One is with DG. We're going to talk about... Um, we're talking about... What is our topic, DG? What is the game? Sorry, I have two lists. Today, we're talking... I have a conversation with Ray about sequential gateway games. So games to start someone who's fairly new to the hobby with a, with a certain game and then level them up to a heavier game. So we have five sequential games that we're going to film a video about today. That's with Ray. And then with DG, we're talking about, um, oh, asymmetric games. Yeah, our favorite asymmetric games. I'm going to have that chat with DG. I think it's tomorrow that we have that chat. I'm looking forward to that. Garrett says that he has a few kids and a problem he struggles with is assuming that when he, when he buys a time, when he, when he buys a game, he's also buying the time to play it. Interesting way of putting that, which we rarely do. It's a tough balancing act. Yeah, totally. Uh, not just to play, but also to learn the game too. Carl says, on your conversation about legacy, I also like games with shorter sessions so you can feel like you made more progress. Want to recommend to everyone Deliverance, the board game, for that reason. Uh, yeah, thank you for that recommendation, Carl. And yeah, um, I do really like that. I like the idea of being able to sit down and play multiple games of the same campaign or legacy game in the same session. Something I really, really enjoyed about The King's Dilemma. When we sat down, so we would get together with friends, and I would say this, yeah, this is, Carl, I'm so glad you mentioned this. I would say this is particularly important for campaign games that thrive at three, four, or five players, or higher, anything higher than two. Because a two-player campaign game, you can sit down with your significant other, if you have one, maybe you have one, hopefully you have one, if you want one, uh, sit down with your significant other, your partner, and play those campaign games at your leisure, whenever you want. You can, you can break in the middle of the game if it's a longer game, but... For games where you play it with higher player counts, and the King's Dilemma, you can't play at two players. You have to start at three. Uh, it requires you to get together with a big group of people. And playing a shorter campaign with multiple games in the same session, I think, is crucially important. That's huge. That's big when you can do that. And so, yeah, if, you, if you're playing those, those multiplayer uh, campaign games, shorter, shorter games, fewer sessions, I think, make, it makes a huge difference there. Chad says, do you ever find yourself surfing through Kickstarter for anything other than board games? You know, I used to do that, Chad, both out of curiosity for how other creators are running the campaigns and just to see cool stuff on there. But I have not done that in a long, long time. Um, 
I probably should every now and then. It was fun to do. I backed some random stuff, usually food-related stuff, um, and got some, some interesting products as a result. Carol says, have I considered a series of videos about revisiting favorites and why you are still pulled to them to encourage you to play those to maybe take the place of my favorite mechanisms on new-to-you games sometimes? Interesting, Carol. So, obviously, when I do like my top 10 list, you probably see a lot of the, the repeated games on this list. But to do a video series akin to my favorite mechanisms, but on games that I've, but for like an individual video about an individual game that I have already played, that I've already done a video about and revisiting it, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. I like that idea. I'm going to make a note about that here. Um, I don't know how to, to phrase that. But, uh, but I like the core concept there a lot, Carol. Yeah, thank you for that, that idea. Yeah, I guess I've reached the end of the comments here. Does anyone have any thoughts about that? Any way that I could, or if you'd be interested in it, if you want me to do it, um, that I could do. And I guess I've done this a little bit with a few games, but only a very few, where I talked about um, like 10 things I learned from X game, 10 things I learned from Ark Nova, 10 things I learned from Dune Imperium. But I could do, maybe I could just do three. I could say three things. I I've learned and that I love about X game, X game that I've already talked about, that I've already featured. Sometimes it might just be a rehash of the My Favorite Mechanism video, but with context, with history, with me putting multiple, many plays into that game rather than just doing, because most, most of the videos I film after only one play of the game. So, um, yeah, Garrett says, reflecting on My Favorite Mechanism. Yeah, going back and visiting, revisiting that favorite mechanism. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that for sure. I, I like that concept a lot. So what have we talked about today? Let's go back and revisit some of the things we've talked about today. We've talked about Apiary. Apiary will be live on our web store on October 4th. So excited for this game. I'm so excited for you to play this game. I have loved teaching and playing this game three times over the last few weeks. Maybe it'll even get to the table tonight at game night. But I do think some other friends are bringing some, some games that I want to try. Um, so yeah, Apiary. I'm so excited for you to get this game. Reviews coming. Reviews and playthroughs and how to plays coming up starting on October 2nd. We also have the Wingspan fan art pack. You can see some sample birds for this on Instagram at Jamie Stegmeyer and also in the Wingspan Facebook group. Uh, some incredible fan art created for the 255 birds in this fan art pack. We also have three new realms for Rolling Realms. We have Gugong, we have Sleeping Gods, and Honor Rim. Three new realms coming soon. Uh, those replace the realms that I had previously, previously announced for, for next week. Those will release in December instead. I'm so excited about all those things. Um, okay, Leia says, uh, one other way I could phrase this is, after having played similar mechanisms in other games, oh, I like that. So using, not just focusing on things that I love about that particular game, but bringing in context from, um, from, from other games as well. Yeah, I like that. This is great, yeah. In fact, this, I really like this idea because I, I do sometimes feel, I think any content creator feels some sort of pressure to always play something new, even if it isn't a new game, but something new so they have something to talk about on their channel. And I, I definitely, I, I feel a little bit of that pressure sometimes, um, even though that isn't necessarily a core part of my job, it is a core part of what I create on a weekly basis. So being able to just instead revisit other games that I've played in the past, um, would be would be a delight. That would be a pleasure to do sometimes, and not not feel that pressure, that self imposed pressure. No one externally is putting that pressure on me. 
uh, Christopher says has a nice thing to say about it. He says, my, my, your My Favorite Mechanism videos are one tool that I use when researching a game as I tend to trust your opinions on games. Uh, would, I think a look back series would be excellent. Thanks, Christopher. I appreciate that. Trevor says, I think fewer items in the list actually increases the importance of the items on that list for me. Yeah, I agree, Trevor. Yeah, um, so that's some of the feedback that I've gotten about, about videos. Top 10s are great, right? Great format, but sometimes top fives are nice. And that's why I've re really enjoyed these videos with um, where I have someone else as part of the video and we're each doing our top five. Adds up to 10, but we're each doing a top five. And I think that uh, that's, a, that's a fun way to do it. It's actually more fun, I think, for me to create a top five list than a top 10 list. And to do three things about an older game that I've, not necessarily even an older game, but a game that I have played many times rather than just only played once or twice. Three things I think is a nice sweet spot. William also chimes in, newer designer William here, he says, I'd be interested if you did a deeper dive, slightly longer video format reflecting on your favorite game and why you love them. And yeah, you know, William, I, so I've done it for a few of these games where I've done 10 things. I found sometimes I don't have 10 things to say about a game, um, even though that is a longer video, that is a, a more detailed look. But sometimes I have three things or five things to say about a game. And maybe I don't even need to pick a specific number. It could just depend on the game itself. Aim for three to five things that I, that I have learned from a game. And, you know, one of the things I might do here is typically I only say positive things about a game. And that is generally my format. I like to say positive. I like to share the things that I love. But this is a format where it might be more welcoming or more of a, more of a place for me to say, here's one thing about a game that... Uh, that I've learned from this game that I don't love as much, that I still love enough that I still love this game. But here's one thing that, uh, that I wouldn't mind adjusting a little bit, that, um, that I'm curious about from the designer's perspective. Uh, that might be a nice format to do that, especially if I'm sandwiching it with a, a few other things that I really love about the game. I don't know if I'll do that, but that's something I could do. And I think sometimes people have asked me to, to uh, not criticize games, but dig a little bit deeper into the design and not only just focus on the things I love, but also focus on the things that I've learned from that maybe I don't want to put in Stillmeyer games for a certain reason from that design. Yeah, just some thoughts there. Well, today's chocolate of the day are these adorable Biddy M&Ms. This is a giant bag given to me by my mom. We're not gonna eat all of them. I'm gonna share some of them at game night. Megan and I are gonna enjoy some of them as well. Uh, I hope you have a treat to enjoy today as well. And I really appreciate you all joining me for today's live cast. For the emotional moments at the beginning to the excitement about Wingspan fan art and apiary, uh, I really enjoy that. William calls it the Midwest sandwich when you have a compliment sandwich. Two good things and one, one constructive thing sandwiched in the middle. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for your time, for your thoughts, for your questions. Uh, and your condolences for Biddy. I, I, I definitely I really appreciate those. And I skimmed past those because I was just going to cry through all those comments. But I do appreciate them. Have a great Wednesday, a great week, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday when we launch all these new products in our web store. I'll be here as usual then to talk about them and just be a little stressed, <laughs> but uh, as I always am on launch day, but I'll be excited to see you then. Take care. I'll see you later. Bye.